What's up, friends? This is a second back-to-back -back podcast. We recovered your content valuable, but is it the right kind of value? We covered how to introduce fluidity in a rigid routine. And in the end, we covered what spirit animal each of us is. Let's just start the plot. The other day, I was in the Justin Welsh workshop, and this one dude, he asked Justin, Justin, what is your morning routine if you wanted to make a full-time income online? I'm like, really? Like, that's what you're gonna ask? Like, yeah. no. There's no way, okay? Because here's what I found. The bell curve thing applies to everything. And this is one of the things where it applies. Like people right in the start ask, what's your morning routine, right? Or like, what are some mindset tips you could give me? In the middle, maybe like you and me, we go like, okay, what are the tactics? So what, what's actually going on, right? But in the far end, it's like, what's the mindset you have? And like, they still ask that, you know, yeah. that's still the thing. Yeah. And it's, the bell curve meme, bro, like, that's why the, why, that's why the left can't meme, by the way. Oh, dude, we're gonna go into this. That's why the left can't meme, because for something to be funny, it has to be based in reality. And a lot of the left things are not based in reality. The bell curve thing is a reality, and that's why it's funny. There you go. Fitness too, man, like, in, in the beginning. Like, bro, I remember, I, in, I gained like 30 or 40 pounds in college, and I lost it, and my whole strategy, I'm not shitting you, my whole strategy for losing 30 pounds or 40 pounds was eat less and run more. And that was my strategy. In the beginning, in the middle, bro, I was like, okay, what are my macros? What are my, what is my shit? Like, what are the best times? How do I get into ketosis? And it was a mess. How do I do OMAD, one meal a day? Mess. And then to the next one, which is just like, just listen to your body, bro. I'm at that stage now. It's just like I, I lost a, bit, a little bit of weight. So it's like just listen to your body; it'll tell you what it wants. I literally like I, I've been working on my whole life, and in Bali, I've been able to put on like ten pounds of muscle from just like I lift heavy things. I eat chick. I the, the most the th three things I consume the most are chicken and waffles, sushi, and coconut water. It's just like I'm just like I want. I just eat a bunch of the things I like, and I lift heavy. Whereas like my whole life, especially in New York City. Um, I was like, had this whole routine. I'd wake up, I'd have a coffee, I'd do three hours of writing, then I'd go to the gym, and then I'd go in the sauna, and then I'd do the cold shower, and I was like, I made no gains. Then I came to Bali and just put on like ten pounds of muscle, just like maxing out enjoyment. This <laughs> is like, it's like right side of the bell curve. Yeah, exactly. You like it, it's 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 like that. Like uh, how in the beginning, it's just post as much as you can. In the middle, it's at what time? Should I post at 7.59 or at 8.03 because of the algorithm games? Yeah. Right? It's just, just post it whenever, bro. Like you and I, we're in shitty time zones for, for business posting at least. Like my some of my best writing comes at like 9 a.m. For you, it's like whenever, right? But the you need to post at like, not need, but some of the best times are like 8, 7, 9 Eastern. Yeah. But it's like, that's not optimal. The big, the big hard part for me with content is like, there's a time zone between, I call it like the riff zone. <laughs> it's called the riff zone. It's like between like 10 a.m. and like 4 or 5 p.m. is like that midday where like everybody's scheduled content is out already. And this is where people just like, this is where you could just like spitball tweets off your brain while you're on a walk and it's just like raw. But when I do that, it's at like 10 or 11 p.m., 1 a.m. for Eastern time and it doesn't hit the right crowd. But when I'm in Eastern time, like my, my spitball tweets that are my best tweets are going to come out at like 1 p.m. Eastern. They're going to be so much better because that's like that riff. It's the riff zone. That's, yeah. That, like, that's a hack. 
And it hits so much. I have a weird belief that the way you feel when you post something affects how it does, even if it's the same thing. I believe people can feel it. What I feel kind of like in the scarcity mindset, I need more clients. It doesn't hit. But if like a client signed up that day and I write and it's like, I'm feeling good, then more clients come. That way. It is the law of attraction, bro. It's like girls. Okay. So <laughs> blink twice if your girlfriend's not in the room. <laughs> okay. Great. We can talk about this. Okay. So it's like, like you're, uh, you're texting this girl, but they won't text you back. But it's like, ah, whatever. So you talk to one in real life. And while you were talking, boom, they DM you at once. It's like the universe, like they know what's going on, man. When you have options, the universe just knows and it gives you more options. To who, who is uh, given something, more will, everything will be given, but who has little, everything will be taken away from them. Something like that. So are you, uh, are you big into manifestation then, law of attraction? That's what, that's what you just explained. <laughs> I guess so. I, I, I guess, bro. But the, the thing is, though, I don't, I don't have hippie enough hair to pull that off right now. So I, I just can't do it. I'm not we a hippie apartment. We don't though. do manifestation. We just do MBTI. <laughs> <laughs> which, is a str- which is manifestation for dudes. Like, yeah. manifestation for like, we're in the middle of the bell curve is what Marcus is trying to say. We haven't got to the end. I just saw a, uh, I saw a tweet that I sent to my other ISTP friend that uh, I didn't even send it to, I should have. It was uh, essentially, if you're an INFJ, ENFJ, or ISTP, get the losers out of your life, you're mirroring them. You're mirroring them. Find real idols. So it was like ISTPs have losers in their life that, and you're mirror, mirroring them. You need to go find real idols. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, it could apply to anybody, but because it is, you mentioned me, I'm like, yeah. so true, bestie. So true, bestie, mm. yep. Yeah, mm. 100%, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yes, baby, say it, girl. Spot Let's on. go. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how she, she named four personalities. She named like 30% of the curves. So it's like going to apply <laughs> to like almost everybody. <laughs> so, so that's like the middle of the iceberg. You want to go deeper on the iceberg? Brain marketing. Because that is like, you know, she knows that that shit applies to everyone, you know, but it's just fun. It's genius. Astrology is genius. It's like a billion dollar industry made off of like feelings. It's so smart. I had a girl uh, once that she was so into astrology. And at that point, I was, now I think that it's kind of true, right? I, I'm shifting to the end of the bell curve. But at the beginning, I was like, that shit just, that's like, might as well read me some Pokemon cards. Doesn't exist. But, bro. She let me write my astrology letter, or I don't know how you say it, but man, I was like, damn, that's so true. Like everything was just some point, except for the point she's like, you treat everyone equally. It's like, no, nah, I don't do that. But it's like the rest of it was just like so on point. Has somebody ever read your astrology thing have you, have, or you've done that? Yeah, I, I have. Well, how accurate is it? Like half of it, I'm like, oh, true. And then the other half, I'm like, oh, not really right now, but I could see it on another day. <laughs> and then and then I'm just like, oh, that was pretty accurate. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Is your girlfriend like into, into crystals and stuff? She like she likes crystals, but she doesn't buy it like hardcore. I think we should just like, when we're at the store, it's like, ooh, I'm going to buy this. And then we put it on the desk and then just like say it helps. Maybe it does. You know, placebo effect on yourself. I believe doesn't need to be true for it to be useful. I think, have we covered that into the pod? Like the alter ego stuff? Come no. To no, we haven't? I don't know. Oh, we might have. I don't know. But anyway, is we to all of the three listeners that actually listen consistently, I'm sorry because I'm going to say this again. To everyone else, this is a cool story. 
So I'm an introvert by nature, right? Like very introverted. I go and sit at the at the cafe corner alone. I go to restaurants alone. Like I go to parties and I like feel uncomfortable at some point. I'm like, okay, I'm going home. Like that's it. But um, that does is not very good for what I do. Like right now, I'm talking. Right, there's somebody else in the interaction. So I need to be someone more open for this to be fun. So I have an alter ego. And that alter ego just pops up. Like, I imagine I'm him. I'm an extroverted dude. I'm the dude that's just left the party. I'm always just, like, really eloquent. He knows his shit. Well, I try to be, at least, or that's how I imagine him to be. And I try to imagine that when I write or when I post and when I create. So, um, we're recovering, I believe, doesn't need to be true to be useful. Having the alter ego, believing in crystals fucking work, or having your morning routine, if it helps you, then do it. Like, you, have, everybody has this weird tricks that they do this weird lucky underwear lucky socks lucky shirt or whatever bro embrace your weirdness do that shit because your brain will believe it and it's true i had a friend too in school or whatever he he always like he was a weak guy as in like physically but he always like said it he declared it and every time we played soccer or whatever he would always get hurt it was like he was manifesting the bad things into his life but you could do that the opposite way you can trick you you trick yourself into doing shit that doesn't make sense to anybody else but doesn't need to be true to be useful me and uh me and julia have a word for this it's uh everyone knows that person who just like attracts the most negative outcomes of every situation we call them uh they're magnets for negativity they're mag negative and it's because it's the same person like it's the it's the person who's gonna go get stung by a bee then they're going to get rear-ended, then they're going to lose their wallet, then their phone's going to get cracked, and then all of a sudden their business falls apart because it's everyone else's fault, it's the client, and then they break their elbow, and then their bike gets stolen. You know what I mean? Like, it just keeps going and going. It's like they're magnets for negativity, and it starts with self-talk and, like, just doing, like, the default actions that, you know what I mean, when no one's paying attention, but, like, it all compounds. It's like, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I don't love that quote, but it kind of makes sense here. It's like, there's certain people that just like they seem to have all the luck and then there's other people that seem to have the worst luck and it's the same people it's weird i i like that you said something about talking about clients because i think people blame people a lot and they very loose with the term tire kickers oh these guys are not serious they are tire kickers but like <clears throat> you also walk into the store and you don't buy an iphone you also opt into funnels you're never gonna buy from does that mean you're a tire kicker to everyone? No, you buy shit. Even people who get into $100,000 in debt without thinking about it, yeah, maybe they struggle buying a $1,000 offer, but they still take $100,000 in debt. So I've been a belief that I don't think is, um, is true, but it's certainly useful. I have is there are no tire kickers. My offer just needs to be better. It shifts the focus into me. And it's not true. There are, right? But... It's not useful to think it. So don't think it. Tire kickers may be annoying. Of course they're annoying. But shift the focus into yourself. You're going to do better anyway. Yeah. I think accountability is huge too for this. It's like I used to do this too where I had a client who didn't work out and I wanted to do everything I could to blame the client. But in reality, it's like how can I improve my process here, whether it's sales for the tire kickers or it's marketing to convert people or it's retaining and doing something along the relationship to retain them. Like you always want to blame the client. Like you want to say they're a tire kicker, but why didn't you just have more touch points? Why didn't you have a better offer? 
You know what I mean? Why, why aren't you customizing for the, the offer for that person, right? Why didn't you reach out to them? Why didn't you call them if you have their number, right? It's like, if someone signed up for your emails, why didn't you call them? Why didn't you, there's so many little things that you can implement in every process of your business that help, you just have to, it all starts with taking accountability and realizing that nothing is the client's fault. It's always your fault. Yes. And then you go and improve every little thing of your business and you treat every lead, every conversation, every sale, every content, every, every turn, everything is a lesson. If you cannot treat that as a lesson and make a 1% improvement somewhere, then it is just a, a fail and a, and a loss because if you just right. but if you improve 1% on every little, every little piece, then your business will just get infinitely better. And as long as you stay alive, it's an infinite game. It's a war of attrition. You just outlast your opponents. You will reach the top. I'm going to ask Marcos a question that I want you, the listener, to ask yourself as I walk through this. And then I'm going to, you ask me that question, but Marcos, what is one thing, person listening, what is one thing you are not taking as much accountability from as you should, that you know you should improve? Hmm. I think for me is I don't take accountability with doing marketing or content or any of anything that has to do with marketing. <laughs> I used to, um, I think I often put it towards like, Oh, I have enough inbound or, Oh, it's the time zones like Bali or, Oh, I don't have any, I don't know what to talk about. Like I always make some sort of excuse, but in reality it's like, I could just, I just do it. <laughs> I could just do it. You actually said something to me once that like resonated and it wasn't related to this, but I remember I told you, I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to do jujitsu, but I didn't do it. You were like, if you wanted to do jujitsu, you would already have done it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. You need, to be told. you need to be told how it is. <laughs> I did. I, I was in Miami with uh, with Lobo, and I've been training jujitsu for like one month or so. But then I quit because I'm, you know, not a fan of having people's ass on my face sometimes. But I get back to it. And what happened there was I told Lobo, yeah, I tried jujitsu. I didn't really like it. It wasn't my thing. It's like, oh, well, how long did you do it for? I'm like, I went to like a month worth of classes. He's just like, son, that's not trying. Do it for six months. That's trying. So I feel like people's definition of trying isn't actually try. It's just, it's the equivalent of when you break something as a kid and you want to put it and fix it just enough so that when the next person uses it, it'll break. That's the equivalent of it. It's like, you're not taking accountability. Yeah. It's the same thing with business too. And I actually talked about this in my YouTube video that just came out where I was like sticking to one business idea for long enough and basically need to change, you need to change the definition of trying, right? Like for me, it was like, I had, I started an e-com store. I started a, uh, an agency and I tried it for like three weeks or four weeks and it like didn't work out. And then I just moved on. But if I had just, if I had the definition of try be like three months or six months, I guarantee you I would have succeeded with one of them way earlier but my definition of trial was like putting in like three or four weeks creating a logo creating a website sending like four cold emails and then being like yeah it didn't work next <laughs> yeah same thing with offers bro it's like this is why people stay for three months crafting their damn offer is that oh i sent it out didn't work well like when you say send it out that's a lot of nuance what did you do did you actually try to validate it like what how did you try to validate it was it one dm was it 1000 dms was it one post? Was it 10 posts? Yeah. People don't try enough. Like, you know, like percentages sent. That has to be a hundred of something for you to be like, okay, I have enough data, enough to even make a guess if this works or not. I like, have to try things. Data is huge. I just tweeted out 
this morning, I tweeted like I've been coming more and more of a numbers guy. Ryan actually uh, replied to it. He's like, "Welcome to the dark side." Of course he did. <laughs> but like, I've just been making way more data-driven decisions, both for me, but also on behalf of clients. It's just like, no decisions in business should be off of a feeling. Like, there's really no decisions that need to be made off of feeling. There's numbers for everything. If you dig deep enough, there's numbers everywhere: sales, marketing, retention, fulfillment, sales. Every I already said sales. Sales twice, double the sales. <laughs> But like, there's numbers everywhere. Like, you don't, you you'll know where to improve if you just look at the numbers. You're like that number. Like, I look at my numbers and I'm like, oh, my close rate's seventeen percent. That's shit. What should I do today? Probably improve my script. <laughs> and then if I improve my script and it doesn't get better, okay, what do I need to improve? Maybe my lead quality. How do I improve my lead quality? Perhaps my content or my channel. Go do that. Or my targeting on my ads. Go do that. Right? Like, you could just look at the data and be like, what do I improve today? It's so easy. Just like sit down and look at it. Exactly. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, like, and I'm I'm not the numbers guy. Like, I don't find it fun. But you know what's the real like interesting part about that? Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm suffering right now. Thanks. <laughs> but it, the the little like nuance to that, it's we're in creative marketing professions. So sometimes the actual numeric move that makes sense numerically is not doing anything. It's resting. It's going out for a walk. It's chilling, working out. Because then you know that that increases the chances of you coming back and writing something fire on the page. You know, so it's a, it's, it's a weird thing, man. Because like, like day trading, you have to be there. Right? It's like you have to be there. But it's, it's almost like in our profession, it's the less you work, the better you work. It's kind yeah. of this weird, this weird mix. This is interesting. I don't know if you're a Marvel guy, but in Marvel, they have uh, what's called the sacred timeline, right? And... The sacred timeline, if you think about that as your business and where this is where you're starting and this is where you're, at, you're supposed to go, right? This is your million dollar business or your hundred million dollar business. You have the sacred timeline, which is just to the goal. But in, in Marvel, they have what's called the TPA and there's all these branch timelines. And I think of those as like business problems. It's like, go, we're good, we're good. Okay, my, my close rate's down. And what they do in, in, the, in the show and Loki, they go and they prune the timeline and they basically get rid of it. So every time it branches out, they just fucking kill it. So it's like, if you have your business and you're going and you have, you have normal, everything's good. All right. Now my close rate just dipped. Boom. Hit that number. What can I fix? Okay. Close rates back to 30% prune next. Oh, my content. I have no leads branch timeline up. How can I fix that? Probably make better fucking content. (laughs) Boom. Prune it next. And you can just keep going. You just look at the numbers and it's almost like having like, you ever just see like the back cable is all the computers. It's like, you just look at it and you're like, what's wrong with my business today? You can just kind of do that and just like, you can do that at any level too. If you're at $0 a month or you're at a million a month, you just look at yeah. them. If you, if you, yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? If you have no clients this month, what do you need to do? You probably need more book calls. And then you just go into the numbers. How many leads do I have? How many DMs did I send? Right? How many follow-ups did I send? How, what's my show rate? Like you can literally just get the numbers for anything. It's so and good. A, another one about that is you could tweak the numbers that you feel like tweaking. This is why I personally don't believe in content days. Like the only scheduled content I really have is this part. But content days are just like whenever I'm feeling like it. Because sometimes I'll wake up and I just don't feel creative. But it's like, yeah, I'll do a Zapier integration. You know, I'll I'll do something for the landing page or whatever. It's this is why like like you see everything that's wrong. You're like, okay, what do I what do I fix today? But you could also be like, what do I feel like fixing today? And then I don't feel guilty if 
oh, Tuesday is recording content day. Maybe if I don't, that's fine. Yeah. And if you're like, man, I just never have a content day, hire the birdhouse. Every day is a content day at the birdhouse. <laughs> keep that in. Keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, which client do you like more, Quinn? Which one are you going? Which? <laughs> there you go. This is the dilemma. Are you going to keep this shit in? Because... Like MJ said, I'm gonna. I took that personally. No, it's all good. We're we're all we're all about promoting our shit in this pod. I, I respect like the, that. This pod, the the I feel like the great thing about this pod is like we're always just like uh, talking about anything, and then we always relate it back. <laughs> we always relate it back to our actual businesses because that's what we can actually. It's the only thing we're experts on. I don't know shit about shit, and neither do you, except our businesses. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if we could talk about fucking Elon Musk. And then just dial it back to like the birdhouse or like saying cash. It's like, bang. It's, you know what I mean? You never want, I never want to, I know you're the same ways. I never want to talk about shit I don't know anything about. So it's like, that's weird. How can I relate something I do know, or like something I read or something I have experienced back to the point, which is our businesses. So that's, uh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Which re- reminds me, I wrote on, uh, <laughs> I started creating this pod thread for this podcast because if you don't know, we're recording back to back. Um, I was listening to Genghis Khan's story and absurd story. Naturally, I'm a man, <laughs> babe. I just want a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if he taught his sons better to keep his empire. Would I be Mongol? Would you be Mongol? Babe, can we go and get dinner now? <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway, can, can we have sex now? Can you stop talking about Genghis fucking Khan? Sex. Talking about Napoleon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was listening to the Genghis Khan story, and uh, I think he invented. I would have to go see. Uh, this it probably existed before, but he was one of the first people that did incentives in business. And the way he did this is, all of the cons before him would go and they would lead their herds and they would go and pillage villages, right? And they would take all their shit. And what they did was they would just release the end. So what would happen is the people who lived in the village would flee. All the men would flee. And then they would go and take everything from the village and then go after those guys. But what Genghis Khan did was like, you guys get all of the spoils and rewards and like pillage the village, bring everything to me. And I'm gonna now redistribute all of this, all of the reward we got from this conquer. I'm gonna redistribute it based on your performance in the raid. So it was like, how many other Mongols did you kill? How many, you know, how many people did you, how many people did you kidnap? Like, how many houses did you set on fire? Like, did you hit your sales close rate? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure Genghis Khan invented incentivized leadership which was interesting no 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 no. i'm telling you genghis khan invented i'm in the trenches yeah that's what he invented well it's insane too because he was young at the time like 19 20 21 whatever but uh, i thought it was interesting that like before before that like all the prior cons they just were like you go and take whatever you want and he was like no i'm going to redistribute it based on performance and it essentially all of his uh army was more incentivized to go and kill more people do the job better get more of the spoils and, like they just performed better it's like it's such a basic concept to us now because it's so, you know, we're in 2023, but this was in like 1100, right? Like this stuff, people had to like create these kinds of uh, mindsets. So that's my Genghis Khan story of the day. Genghis Khan was a crazy motherfucker, bro. He <laughs> called, he used to conquer villages, but he didn't want to make them strong. So he's like, he only fed them like vegetarian based diets while Mongols only ate meat, milk, cheese, 
uh, egg. I don't know if eggs, but you know, you know what I mean, right? He was he was bulking. He was a bulky boy. He, he, he killed at uh, at age twelve. He killed his older half brother because he was jealous of him. Because <laughs> he was essentially just like he didn't want to be told what to do, so he just killed his older half brother. <laughs> he just killed him. I'm like, oh. And then he went to prison, and then he broke out of prison at like 16. <laughs> like, what is going on? You know what we do now? We look for Genghis Khan MBTI type. What do you think he is? He's got to be like an ENFJ. He is an ENTJ. Ah, oh, almost. Yeah, known. you're tactical. I should have known. Bro, there you go, dude. You were almost there. I was like, I had no clue, but you were like, you almost got it. Like, well, yeah, because he's to lead, you know, millions of people. You got to be an extrovert. You got to be intuitive to do the shit that he did. The J, I kind of made that up, uh, but I should have got the uh, the T instead of the F because he was definitely more tactical than feeling. Yeah, there, yeah, <laughs> that exactly, dude. I love this test. This it's so it's so it's accurate. accurate. It's so it nice. It's accurate. I'm not gonna lie. It's accurate. I've been able to get did, to people. Yeah. Did, do you do you make your uh, your team do it? Yep. Did you ask them for it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. my team is, uh, one of them is an INFP just like me, and the other one's an INFJ. So uh, on my now uh, the Birdhouse hiring application, I actually have MBTI on there. Me too. <laughs> it's so nice. It's funny yeah, it's like. I'm not going to hire based on that, but I just want to see because I'm like, oh, what if I need an extrovert on my team? Then I can only filter for extroverts. What if I need an introvert this time? I can filter for introverts. Like I know what I need, but people listening, they won't know. So don't there you go. Because I'll know. <laughs> you have so many slick ways of promoting your own shit. It's actually remarkable. Like every time, I'm like, I never see it coming. Like I see the promise coming with other people. It's like, by the way, I have this program. But with you, it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, let me tell you what my mom did when I was a kid. Bro, when I was a kid, I didn't eat eggs ever i hated eating eggs and uh, my mom was concerned because she was like eggs are really good for you so she used to do this korean this kind of sandwich that's like potato based with some ham and really good but like she mixed it up with like um boiled eggs and i ate a shit ton of eggs thanks to that but i didn't want it to be eggs so i'm like i don't eat eggs but I do like this sandwich, mom. Thanks. She's like, it's okay. No eggs here. It's just potatoes. I'm like, it just fucking ate all that shit. And that's what you do with your promos, man. It's like, I don't want to listen to promotional podcasts. I don't want to get pitched on stuff. But you're just like, you just slam it in. You just slide it in. It's like well, really is, slick. Well, this is good training because I actually, something I tweeted was content and advertising are becoming the same thing now. Whereas like, all of the best advertisements are they feel like content you know what i mean like um mr and i use mr beast as the example because he's really the pioneer of content right um in his video where it was uh every country competed in like an olympic games kind of thing and in they were there was a, an event where they were fencing and it was like fucking antigua versus guatemala whatever they're fencing right and he's like this is a great time to talk about festivals <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> they're literally fencing like they're fencing like this is like 183 countries fighting for a million dollars and he's like by the way i have chocolate and it's just like it's so natural because there's actually content going on but he's also by the way like he, he has the product placement and it's just it's genius and i think content and advertising nowadays are just becoming more similar where it's not just like Back in the day, it was very much like TV, commercial, TV, commercial, content, advertising. Now they're they're very much one in the same these days. And you even see it with Fortnite. Like they had the Fortnite event and it's like a marshmallow concert or something. And you're like, you're playing a game 
but you're also being advertised at the same time. You know what I mean? It's like, it feels like an experience. So like in the, yeah. podcast, it's very much an experiment. I experience like 22 episodes in, when have we ever paused this to do a paid sponsorship? Never. Because we're just like talking about our businesses anyway and giving advice the whole time. It's so natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know what you mean. And the cool, the cool thing about that and a useful thing about that is doing things that are close to you, that are part of your personality. McGregor has the, tequi- uh, no, whiskey. I'm sorry. But it's like, he's Irish, bro. Yeah. Of fucking course he's going to have whiskey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, or uh, the Kill Crew people, right? Colty and Marco. Yeah. So it's like, it's combat. Right. Of course they can, they can pull that off smoothly like you and i we're in we're in twitter or or x or whatever it's yeah. like bro we're always going to talk about it it's related to something we do yeah like it's so natural i'm not like sitting here like how can i talk about how can i talk about my business today it just comes up you know what i mean which is the beauty of the medium that we're doing the content and maybe that's a something that the listener can do is like how can i mix my medium with my business so that it feels more natural um, but like the conor mcgregor points great is like he'll be at a press conference and then he'll just have proper 12 next to him. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. It's, it's yeah. content. The advertisement is the content. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what, are you, what, are you, what business are you in right now? And how can you mix it with, like, the things you actually like? You, you, I don't know. If it's your, you're a fitness dude. It's like, the best fitness coaches, by the way, game on this. If you're a fitness coach, you don't sell fitness. You sell lifestyle. It's like, bro, you're already fit. Take your shirt off. Right, just be at the beach, do that thing. That is fun. Even if you're if if you're a coach, whatever, you don't sell coaching, you sell lifestyle. I split tested two emails, bro. How to use DMs to book motherfucking calls. Zero sales, no responses. The other one is, by the way, I have this script by DMs that books calls, and because of that, I bought an apartment in cash and took a picture of the apartment, and boom, a ton of sales. You don't sell your thing, you sell lifestyle. A great fucking uh, the the pretty much the OG of this in the fitness industry. He really he really figured this out before anybody else was um, Kino Body, the intermittent fasting guy. Like he did the whole like Batman lifestyle mansion video with the supercars and the women and the fighting, and he was just walking around shirtless. And he's like, by the way, I only work out three times a week and drink coffee and eat chocolate and like do all that shit. And like it was literally he was selling the dream lifestyle. Like I barely work out. I'm jacked and a rich. <laughs> and he's selling like a fitness program, but the caveat is that his fitness program actually worked. So it was like his marketing was genius around the lifestyle, but it had nothing to do with the actual stuff that it actually worked, the fitness. So it's interesting. It's like genius marketing with good product. It's just like, a, it's a hundreds of millions of dollars. It really is. A hundred percent. And a lot of big accounts are only good at one, which is why Lexi Cash is such a prevalent team as in you make a ton of money. No, you, you have a ton of followers, but you're poor. It's because you got good at the at the thing you do. You don't know how to sell it, so it's like you don't sell it. Yeah, and that that's the problem. It's a completely different skill set. This is why I like. I think Tesla does so well. It's like their ge- their genius marketing is like Elon Musk is the most marketable man ever. Like he's always got some sort of attention, negative or positive, all the fucking time, and he's just memeing in the cars, do stupid sh- stupid shit. Like you can play fart noises in the horns. Like you can play video games in there. Like. It's such genius marketing, but the product is the best. It's the best electric car. So if you mix good product and, and good marketing, you're going to make a lot of money. You'll make a lot of money with just one, to be honest. But if you have both, it's like, woof, you're, 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 you're good. Yeah. And also why scammers make a lot of money because even they don't have a good product, they're damn good at marketing. Imagine yeah. the scammers just put a little effort into having a good product. Yeah. It's just, imagine the, like, the marketers hire the Ryan. That's all you need to do. That's what I did. You know, <laughs> send the invoice. Okay. Well, um, 
Ah, oh, man, I had a great point of this, but I, I, I lost it. Nah, shit. Okay, what else you got? Oh, uh, bro, in the beginning of the pod, you said, wait, go. Oh, I was just gonna say, I only slept like four hours. And I stayed up till two in the morning watching soccer. And I'm like, I'm sticking it to the optimizers today. <laughs> I stayed up all night watching soccer, and here I am, back-to-back pods. Yeah, they're, they're, and we're in minute 35, and we said, how about we do it tomorrow? But then... We started having this moment, you and I, we just looked in the eyes, grabbed hands digitally and be like, let's do it together. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's just do it. Let's go. Okay. You said in the beginning, you write for three hours. How the fuck do you write for three hours? I write for one and I'm like, I used to mm -mm. write for three hours when I was in my- Oh, okay. When you were young. When I was- So when when you were in your glory days. Yeah. When I was like the first- when I was in the first six months of my business, I used to write for three, more than three, like three to four hours a day, every day on like, I was, so what I would do is I'd wake up. I literally wait, I had a 500 square foot apartment. So the size of the room that I'm in right now is my whole apartment in New York city. I would wake up, get out of bed, brush my teeth, put a whole cup, a whole pot of coffee to brew, like that big, a big ass pot of coffee to brew, walk over to my laptop, open up Tweet Hunter, Open up Twitter, open up everything. All right. Grab the pot, pour a cup, sit down, write for an hour, go back, fill it up, sit down another hour, and just do. I drink a whole pot of coffee before like 11 a.m. or before 10 a.m. Then I would go to the gym and then I would go take calls the entire second half of the day. I did that every day for like six months. And that's how I hit 30K a month. Damn. <laughs> that's it. That was it. <laughs> okay. The dude. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The best part of it too is the, this is the, the, the punchline is that the coffee maker was the most expensive thing I owned because Julia, my girlfriend, bought it for me. It was uh, Smeg. And SMEG is like a really expensive high-end like retro coffee maker. It was like a $250 coffee maker. Other than my computers, it was the most expensive thing I owned. <laughs> so I lived with my computer and my coffee maker next to each other and I just did that. <laughs> That's it. And I would I got the the giant Cafe Bustelo party size giant jug of coffee grounds and I would just <laughs> every morning. <laughs> what what do you take your coffee with? Splenda, sugar, cream, uh, milk? I would just put unsweetened almond milk in it like a cereal killer. And I actually got to a point for like a month or two where I was just like black cafe bustello all day. Like No no sweetener. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I was on like cereal killer mode for a little bit. No. Bro, that was that was your Rocky cutscene mode. Holy shit! And I, uh, and, My, and, and, yeah, oh, dude, I miss those days. Oh, those so those were the days, of course, bro. Days, I like, I wait I wake up at like uh, what like seven or so at home. I was like in my parents' back home, like my childhood uh, house, and then I remember go down, just maybe get some sun, you know, walk a little bit. Go back, sit on my computer. I had a, I had a, um, a basket, but it's like a wooden basket so that I could put my laptop on top of it. And I had this shitty ass mechanical keyboard, bro. Like if you use the Mac keyboard, it's awesome, but I just can't use any other keyboard anymore. It's just so clunky, so bad. It's just so not good. And then I had my mouse on it and that was like my orthopedic setup and I would work, but you know how you work. And if your desk is wide, 
you like you put you like your leg on top of the desk while you work so you're like like this right so that was, yeah it's like mark is like i do that all the time right yeah, she's like, me right too. It's like yeah me too she's like put it over you know it's like she's man spreading over it so it's like used to work like that right just right 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 because i read the a lot of more course 500 words a day to create that habit and then i go down cook me some breakfast and then it'd be like four x It'll be some sausages, some hamburger patties. I was fat. A lot of cheese and a lot of just tomato sauce. Eat it while I was watching The Office. Go back to do that. Workout. Call it a day. That, those were the days, man. Best days, man. Especially, like, I would get back from the gym after my writing session. I would order the Chipotle while I was doing my sauna. So right after my workout, I'd hop in the sauna. I'd order the Chipotle. I lived two blocks away. I walked. I didn't have a car in New York. I sold my car before I went to New York City. And I would order the Chipotle. I'd walk back to my apartment. The Chipotle would get there. As I got there, I'd eat it. Then I'd shower. And then I'd sit down. And like, all right, time to take calls for fucking five hours a day. <laughs> five hours of the rest of the day. And then by the time I was there, it was like the end of the day. It was like dinner time. And I would either have air fryer, orange chicken, or I'd make some bullshit like potatoes. Or I'd go to Julia. And she would cook for me like all the time. Like, ah. Oh. It was such a grind, but it was so fun. It was like not making any money, but it was like you're making enough and you were living. And then eventually you hit like 10K a month and you start to 20 and 30 and then you start to hire and like you lose that. You really got to enjoy the journey, man. Yeah, so you get rich and it sucks. What's up? Just like, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just. Like the people, it's like a. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I could just <laughs> imagine. <laughs> you know how imagine someone listening to this? Oh, this is gonna be so mean. It's like the like the guy that's always been wanting to like be with this girl, and this girl just broke up with his boyfriend, and she's like. Oh my god, like she was he was the best. I love her. And the guy's just sitting there like, fuck, I hate my life. This is horrible and I do not want it to be in this position ever. Fuck you. But I'm still gonna be here listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean Man, that was fun. Uh, there's a Picasso quote. I think I don't know if it's a Picasso quote. With this is the uh, but I don't know though podcast. So but I don't know though. But there was this uh, quote that said that Picasso thought that his best work was the one he made when he just first started. Like his first works were the best. Sometimes I feel that about my writing. I look at my writing in the beginning, my work from the beginning, and I think, man, that was pure, unadulterated, raw JK. And I, I, I like that stuff. Right now, it's like I picked up some habits. I kind of know how stuff, how I write. I know my own voice sometimes, but it's like. Do I know know my own voice sometimes? So I feel like sometimes my best work is in the beginning. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, like, I work in sprints, you know? Like, I think um, I'll have just, like, days or, or even sometimes weeks where I'll just be like, I can't, I couldn't make a good piece of content if I hit me in the face right now. And then there's other times where I sit down and I'm like, banger, 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 banger video, banger tweet, banger tweet for client, like, just banger idea banger sop like all bang bang and then i just have like droughts so for me it's it really comes in sprints um that reminds me of a quote is you since we mentioned a quote it was a quote by uh i think it was steve jobs and it's elon musk at the same time but it was uh 
those who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who usually do. And I wish I said it on the last podcast because we talked about that, but I remember the quote now. It's interesting. It's like those who are crazy think they're who those who are crazy enough to think they can are the ones who usually do. I like it. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> when when you said I wanna I wanna zoom in on that. You said there's some days in which you can't create anything, and there's some days when you can just banger, 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 mm -hmm. banger. So, uh, like every Asian kid, my parents got me into the piano. So I was playing piano when I was a kid, and I was tried to play the piece, but it wouldn't play. Like I just couldn't do it well. I would mess up for hours. And then I'd, I'd take a nap, wake up, and when I played it, it was perfect. Because sometimes you just, you just don't see problems. You just, you just don't see solutions. And Quinn, let's put this over here uh, if we can. I don't know if it's copyrighted, but there's a GIF, bro. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's a circle in the middle, and then there's like a circle going around. So it starts with you seeing many circles, but eventually the circles turn from pink into red and nothing changes. It, it has actually not changed. And then the circles disappear. It's like an optical illusion because it like tricks your brain. So three people could be looking at the same thing, but it's like it's they're not seeing the same thing. Yeah. And I think about that a lot with problems sometimes. It's like the problem is just like the circle going around, but I, I understand that. When you come with a different state of mind, you look at the same thing, but you're not seeing the same thing. So this is why I implement breaks in my work, where I implement doing other stuff in my work and not thinking about them. Because I know that sometimes you can just go back and the problem that took you three hours to think of, it's like one or two clicks away from being fixed. We, you live in, a, like in, a, in an era of mistakes are easily fixed and things can be easily created. So the way you think about things is way more important than like how much you force yourself to think about things. So this is why like when you force writing, it's never good. When you, when you force videos, it, it's just, it just doesn't work. Like right now, bro, what we were, what you and I were doing, it's, let me tell you guys. So we recorded a pod, but Marcos is moving back next week, right? So he's like, can we record two pods this week? I'm like, sure, let's do it, right? Uh, um, so we schedule one for tomorrow. Anyway, we're recording this and then we stopped, but then we waited for a minute and then we started talking and it's like, okay, that's a good theme. We started recording. So we're in minute 45 right now and we just, we just felt like that, but we wouldn't have done it if we just recorded it and saved two hours right off the bat. You don't decide when inspiration hits, yeah. right? But it's like when it hits, you go, right? Because you see it because you're not going to see it later or you might not be seeing it right now. So take a break. You know, like just act when you feel it. It's a lot based on feel. That's also why I like having bigger blocks of nothingness. It's like, for example, like these pods, sometimes they go 49 minutes and sometimes they go an hour and five minutes. Why is that? It's because like we give ourselves enough time. Like for me, at least I usually, I try not to uh, schedule anything like right after or before. And I'm like, I try to give it time to breathe. Sometimes we're in a flow where it's like, it gets to an hour or five and we're like, we're just running. You know what I mean? We're, we're going. Sometimes it gets to 49 and we're just like, we're nothing else to set. So it's like, if you give yourself more free time to think, you can get these more like bigger inspirations and, and uh, little moments for yourself. So we had that, we had that before, like in the first pod, like objectively, we had less things written down than we do now. 
Yeah. But in the last part, we actually took a break for like two minutes. I said, okay, let's leave a mark here because we we're like, Marcus, do you have any topics? He's like, yeah, last part we had like, like let's nine come up with things something. written down and we were done after like 45 minutes. In this part, mm. we're at 47 minutes and we didn't have anything written down. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's pretty crazy. I want to do one of these pods where we're just like, um, I want to have like a cigar and like an espresso martini. <laughs> That's just want to start ripping. I just want to talk. Like if I could get, if I could get some juices in me, I want to see, I want to see how the pod would turn out. That's going to be a future experiment. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying, bro. Here's what the people want. The people want the big coffee mug right next to you again. They want that, Marcos. They also want the hamburgers, fucking six eggs chicken. That's that's what we should bring up to this pot. I'm down. I want something else. I've been uh, Miami. I'm going to have much more of my... I'm going to set my routine up like my studio. My office is going to be like my old studio apartment. It's just how, how can I replicate that feeling? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need that. It's a... It's also like right now, bro, I'm, in the, I'm in this hippie apartment in Poland. It's not mine. And a mistake I made last time is trying to keep a rigid routine to a fluid environment. So I thought, let me get a co-working space, put everything in place, have my coffee at the same time, do my things at the same time. It actually really stressed me out because in a fluid, it's like trying to, it's like, I don't know. It was just hard, right? So I just couldn't place it. But now I just accepted the fact that things are going to be fluid and I'm just going to have to adapt. So I'm staying with a few friends. I'm sleeping on the couch. That's not exactly, you know, Brian Johnson, Huberman type of optimization. But I feel great. You know, I'm doing my thing. And I don't work at a, like, a specific environment. I just go to the coffee shop. Sometimes the internet's quite shitty. <laughs> but I just do my best. I, I feel like whatever you are right now is like a little bit more fluidity. And accepting fluidity is actually quite good for productivity. So... That's going to be the, good thing to do. The Molina method. That's right. Just, I mean, just go to Eastern Europe, sleep on a fucking couch. Do you, uh, you know, the, have you ever like messed with feng shui? What is that? So feng shui is, and I don't want to butcher it, but it's essentially like how you set up your working spaces and your living spaces for energy. And if you notice, like in the last, maybe the first 10 pods, my background was this wall to my right. But now my background is these suitcases. And the reason being is now, my, I am now facing the entrance to my office. Now I actually like backed out into a corner of the room where I can see everything and I feel like I'm commanding the room. I feel much safer in my work and I feel like I'm just like much in a more of a creative space. Whereas before, the entrance to the office was actually to my right. So my peripherals, I always just saw outside. I saw my pool, I saw bugs, I saw my girlfriend walking around. I could see rice farmers, I could see the cleaners, I could see everything from the peripheral line. Um, and I never felt in command of the room. So I switched it to this way and my productivity easily went up like 20%. Placebo, maybe, don't care. Went up 20%. It works. It worked. <laughs> it works. It works. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's pull this off. What is one weird thing? I mean, this is kind of weird, but what is one weird thing you do that it's like, you know, it's placebo. That is like you, it's not actual like use, use, but it still works for you placebos oh easily having my uh tabs my google chrome tabs opening the exact same ones in the same order so for me it's like if they're not in the same order i feel like on my entire work is like unorganized and like i just can't really get anything done but when they're there in the right order i feel like i'm just locked in 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is. My, my, <laughs> I guess. My, my order is is a calendar, a Google Calendar, uh, my Excel calendar, so like my to do list, then uh, my content scheduler, then Twitter, <laughs> and it's always those four in that order. <laughs> there you go. I um before I get to work, I do to like my hips. If you stretch, like they pop. It's like right. So what I do before I get to work, bro, is I shoot specifically two, and the first one needs to be to the right, two kicks to the air. So I would kick the other one, and I'm like, I'm ready, because I'm in my ninja mode. It's it's blood memory from my past of fucking Asian warriors. So I just have that hit me, and it's so useful. Have you ever played with the uh, past life thing? Like For me, I, I think in my past life, I was a penguin. You were? A penguin. Why? I don't know. You ever just have a feeling? Was it a female or a male penguin? Doesn't matter. It does matter. I don't know. I have to think okay. harder. Well, where, where was <laughs> probably male? Was it a? Was it one of those penguins that are like that don't have yellow hairs, or were the yellow? No, yeah, no, no yellow hairs. I'm thinking like club penguin, like bald, just black and white, mm, and like okay. on its belly. Okay. Why do you think you were a penguin? I don't know. I think part of it is like being born in January. Like I always felt like it was a winter animal. I'm a Capricorn. I always felt like January snow. So I always felt like it was a snow animal. And I'm always drawn to penguins. I don't know. And, I, and this actually, it, it manifested itself when in 2021 when I bought um, those pudgy penguin NFTs when they were at like 0.01 ETH and I ended up holding them and selling them at like four ETH a piece. And I made like thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. That was like the first big chunk of money I ever made. It was a, it was a penguin NFT. So now I'm just like I'm, I was definitely a penguin. Damn. Okay, <laughs> bro. I'm a, I was a, I'm a dragon. Like I'm like 100. percent That's like my fucking spirit animal. No, no. But like the the ones that fly, you know, the ones that. But I'm probably a water dragon. It's called water, wind, and fire. But here's the thing, man. Like, one time, I, I was born in the year of the dragon, so 2000. So I, I go to a restaurant and like this this Korean woman, which I like to think she was like a shaman or something, but she like just looked at my eyebrows. And she goes like, oh, there's the shape of the dragon. So I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm a dragon. Yo, let's go. Shut up. Don't say anything. You cannot you cannot comment. You just said you were a penguin, bro. You cannot make that face to me. Okay. So she said that, bro. And one time I was so sad. And I was like, because I couldn't. <laughs> it just bothered me. The, the fact, the fucking fact that I couldn't find my spirit animal bothered me at that point. I swear, bro. It's like everybody knew it. It's like, oh, I'm a wolf. So oh, I'm a fox. But I just, I wanted to be like a jaguar or something, but it didn't resonate with me. So I was lifting, and, I, and through the deadlift, this realization comes, man. My spirit animal was a dragon, so I'm like, oh, yes, that is me. Should we cut the pod over here? Yeah, the pod's over. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, bye. <laughs>